0: My <laughs> two cents is worth about 20. Say what's on your mind and how you feeling. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. My two is always good. My two is always good. Hands on the line. Oh, Hello and
1: welcome back to oh, another exciting episode of My Two Cents. My name is Ken Thomas and I'm your host. And today our special guest is John Cook, Principal John Cook. John Cook has been a principal and a school teacher and a school administrator. And um, he is currently a principal in Minnesota. He's been on the show before, back uh, April the 16th so um we're glad to have you back john he has 27 years of experience and we want to talk to him about bringing his students back to school and uh, some of the complications and some of the uh the things he found to be easier about it or helpful and learn a little bit more about how some of the schools are coming back even though the coronavirus is running rampant through our country so let's get started all right, John Cook, welcome back again to My Two Cents. Glad to have you back, brother.
0: Ken, thanks for having me on, man. It's always a pleasure to talk
1: to you in hey, your audience. Well, thank you. We appreciate that, and I'm sure the audience does uh, as well. Well, let's jump right in. So your students are back uh, in school. Uh, uh, do you guys have anything in place uh, other than the standard precautions, which the government didn't issue anything, but did your state issue anything uh, to protect the kids? from uh, the COVID as far as wiping down dads, how are they eating, what's the setup, what's the arrangement, talk to us about it.
0: Well, the state of Minnesota, uh, what the governor uh, issued, uh, he did not come right out like they did in some states and said that schools have to be back in person. What he did was, he said, uh, you could come back in person or you could come back partially or you had to be in distance learning Depending on uh, the number of COVID cases that exist in in your in your county, in the in the county where your school is located, and so um, what our and so different districts have done different things. So uh, a number of the districts, especially in the Minneapolis Saint Paul area and in the surrounding suburbs, are in are are in um, which uh, where they are their kids are here part time. They call it blended learning. And okay. so and, uh, that's what they're doing in many school districts. What our school district uh, has chosen to do was take a more conservative approach. And we are doing distance learning and we're doing it uh, on a month by month basis. Every month, uh, our school board, uh, when they meet, they will look at COVID numbers in the district. They will, or in, in, the, in the county, they will look at what's happening in the schools that are, uh, that are that have decided to open up uh, if there are COVID outbreaks and whatnot. And, uh, you know, we'll make our decision. But if things go well, like I anticipate they will, I believe that we will be back, our students will be back in school, at least on a part-time
1: basis uh, in the next uh, six weeks or so. Oh, cool, 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 cool. So uh looks like you guys have things kind of set up in place. Let me ask you this. Uh, the African-American community, the Community of color are dealing with two fronts of uh, pandemics, if you will, um, the COVID and the racial discrimination that's taking place with a lot of the abuse by the uh, and murder by the uh, officers. I, I I hate to call them officers because so, this this sounds kind of disrespectful to the good policemen, sheriffs, uh, deputies, you know, officers that we have that really go out there and put it on the line put the lights online every day to keep the community safe. I don't, I don't want any of my listeners to think that that's just not the case. You know I have officers in my family. I've had officers in my family. And not just because of that, you can clearly see there are some excellent officers in this country. But the bad apples. The bad apples that overshadows because of their their their, their murderous attitudes and and hatred and racism for uh, minorities. Uh, blatant disrespect for the law. These kids coming back with these Two strike scars: one, COVID; two, racial discrimination. You guys have counselors available to talk to them about all this.
0: Well, Ken, I, I want to add one more uh, strike. Uh, you said yeah, you said we're in a double pandemic. In addition to the double pandemic of, the, of uh, COVID and uh, the, the racism that, stu- that that are that we're seeing. Uh, we're also in an election year and a very, the election years are, are, are very contentious as they are, but we all understand just how different, uh, things are, how, not only how more intense things are, but, uh, just to give you a little perspective, uh, after, uh, our, our current president, um, was elected in 2016, many, many schools saw an increase in, uh, a lot of the hate speech, uh, you know, You go into bathrooms in different schools, people, kids, people will have drawn swastikas and whatnot. So there's a, there's a lot going on. And so we do, we, we understand that, uh, yes, we are here to educate our students to teach them to read well, to, to, to write, to do math and, and to think critically. But we also understand that we have to support our students, uh, from a social, social, emotional standpoint. So yes, we have counselors, we have, academic support specialists we have beings that are here we have so yeah we have many people that are here to support our students because um uh, um, you know recently you and i had a conversation and i I look at our uh, you look at our young people and we talk about for you and i as you know middle-aged men uh and, and plus knowing that we both grew up in mississippi when you talk about the, the whole civil rights movement, um, although we did we were not alive when they were marching in the fifties and the sixties in Mississippi, we saw a lot
1: of the hatred. We we oh, experienced yeah. a lot of the racism. Definitely. Uh, but but if you look at the pers- you look at our at a, at, a, at a fourteen or fifteen year old, um,
0: to them that uh, that's ancient history. That's black and white. Uh, uh, you know that's black and white movie reels that's right and now books you know movie reels Uh yeah Yeah. and for most of their lives or for you know Mm -hmm. many of their lives they've known
1: barack Obama as president
0: Mm -hmm. and then you've gone last four years you've gone to donald trump and so some of the things that we're seeing in our society that are being manifest the 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 outward racism you know people in in, you know guns killing each other uh over you know and just just the blatant racism Our kids are really, they're experiencing that for the first time, and yes, we have to support them.
1: Yeah, that's excellent, excellent uh, comment there. Definitely have to support them because they are experiencing, as you put it, the third strike. You know, Uh, it's it's sad that we've come to this in America. And actually, you know what? We haven't come to it, kind of like Will Smith said. It's just being recorded. (laughs) It's not something new we came to. Look, um, a lot of you don't know uh that uh principal john cook lives uh, in minnesota of course you know he lives in minnesota but the area he lives in is not very far from where george floyd was murdered uh he and his wife did visit that area i want to talk about that and um how he and his son did some peaceful protesting joined a, a peaceful protest that almost landed him um actually could have ended up killing them both, getting them both killed, and uh, landed them both on CNN. We'll talk about that in just a minute. I'm gonna take a little break, Down, we'll be right back. Hello everyone, this is Ken Thomas with My Two Cents. Just wanna tell you about Vivint Home Security and Legal Protection Program. That's V-I-V-I-N-T. That's right, Vivint home security and legal protection program and when you move the system can move with you if you're interested call 480-477-8850 and tell them ken sent you okay welcome back we're back with principal john cook in minnesota um, and we were talking about bringing the kids back to school in his district there. And also, um, not only the COVID vi- virus, but the racial discrimination here in America and how it relates to the mental, um, scarring of our children. And I said, when I came back, I was going to ask him about, um, uh, visiting the site of George Floyd and also some peaceful protesting that he and his son did. Can you tell us a little bit about that, John? Yeah. Um, you know,
0: uh, we decided as a family we did decide to go to the George Floyd Memorial, and uh, it is currently still um, a memorial. So um, you know, it's a it's a it's a street that's got businesses on it, but it has been uh, roped off, um, and so you know, traffic is not is is not allowed through, and some of the businesses that that were there have not been open and so actually there's been some quite you know, contention you know with mm-hmm. the city and also with some of the citizens about reopening that space but um we, we did decide to go to the george floyd memorial and, and it's hard to put words to it uh uh it felt like sacred ground yeah. and uh the, the feeling you know it's one thing to see you know, we've all seen the video right. on uh, posted on you on YouTube. Right. Um, some of us have seen it many times, and to see the stores and the landmarks, but to actually be there and to know that this man died and how he died, uh, and also what's happened, uh, what's happened since then, uh, it, it was it was like sacred ground. I compare it to uh, several years ago, my family and I visited Memphis, and we went to the Civil Rights Museum there, and I remember uh, walking down the street once we left the museum, and we came upon the Lorraine Motel uh, uh-huh. where Dr. Martin Luther King had been assassinated,
1: and right, I just remember right. being in that space.
0: Uh, I I felt like it was sacred ground, and that's how I felt about uh, when I saw the George Floyd Memorial.
1: Of course, I I can see how that you know how you can feel in that way. It, it saddened me to watch it on TV. I, I could have only uh, um, I could barely fathom being there, you know, so the, the powerful uh, spiritual intake it, it would have on me to know that someone who looks like me was murdered here on live TV in 2020 by a policeman. Not just one, four policemen with bystanders begging for his life. But, you know, that has to be said. But that's really not what I have you on for. Let's talk about the protesting that led up. Uh, um, what led, well, after the protest, what led to your adventures? <laughs> Tell me about the, what happened with you and your family uh, that that day, You and your son, when you went out to peacefully protest with some peaceful protesters about the George Floyd murders. Uh,
0: George Floyd was murdered on uh, Memorial Day, and that was a Monday. And it, I think we all remember the, the protests, not just in the Minneapolis area, but all over the country and all over the world. And, and, and I just know how I felt. I felt, uh, I was processing this the other day. I felt like I had, I felt like I was mourning uh, the death of a, of a close
1: relative. Right. Uh, and, and, and so uh, it was almost a week later,
0: it was, it was the following Sunday and there were a number of protests going on in the Minneapolis area and my wife had asked me to, if I wanted to go to a protest and I really didn't, I was so down and so depressed, I, I, I really didn't want to go and I told her, no, I think I'm just going to stay home. And well, I have a, a college age son who at the time he was at home. Uh, on break and, uh, he had, uh, wanted to go to a protest, uh, that was being, uh, uh, sponsored by some local, uh, athletes. And, you know, uh, I decided that I would go with my son because I, as, as a dad, you know, I know how crazy this world is in case something went down. I wanted to be there to protect of my course. son. And so, of course, uh, I decided to, that I would go with him and, and, and all I can tell you, man, is that when we got to the protest, uh, it started in front of the U.S. Bank Stadium. That's where the Minnesota Vikings play their football games. Man, it was fantastic. It was probably 2,000 people who were who were outside of the stadium.
1: Mm, there nice were speakers,
0: crowd. and they were they were they were talking about George Floyd, his life, and how you know he gave sacrificed his life. And, right. And and they talked about you know hey you know we are peaceful, we are marching peacefully. And, uh, you know, if you see somebody that is, you know, that, that's not there for peaceful purposes, talking them out of love. But this is what we're about. Right. And I remember seeing there were a couple of, of uh, anti-protesters who were there. You know, one gentleman had a uh, uh, a flag on a pole, an American flag, and it was upside down. And I think there were a couple of gentlemen who, who, who hmm. were there and
1: they would try to interrupt. <laughs> yeah. They would
0: try to... What's that?
1: Infiltrators and instigators. Yeah and yeah. so they were trying to interrupt the speakers and say
0: derogatory things about uh, George Floyd and you know the, the people didn't pay these jokers any mind. They did not tell, oh. they didn't say a word to these. I mean it was a peaceful protest. Right. So we, we, we marched several miles from uh, U.S. Bank Stadium to uh, what they call the Interstate 35, uh, Bridge. And so some of your listeners may know of the 35W Bridge, which was about 15 years ago or so. It collapsed, killing, you know, killing a number of people that were on the bridge that day. Of course, it's been rebuilt yeah. and, and everything. And so there were the bridge. It's, uh, one, one part of the bridge is separated. So the, the, it goes, one side goes north, the other side goes south and they're separated from one another and they are over the Mississippi River and um, we were there. And again, um, there was a speaker that was speaking I never will forget it. This, this person said, hey, we just heard from the mayor of Minneapolis. and He's going to come in and, and, and talk to us and uh, answer some of our questions. And so on the two bridges, uh, Ken, uh, there were probably five thousand people on my side of the bridge or wow. probably. 4,000 people on the other side that might have been a thousand and so people started cheering because we were excited to hear from the from the mayor to hear what he had to say and also to answer some of our questions and so the, the speaker said hey everybody just sit down and just chill out and the mayor will be here in a few minutes and so uh, my son of course was sitting down on on the cement <laughs> uh, I'm I'm old and I'm uh, not as limber as he is. And, uh, <laughs> I just stood up and I was just taking it all in. I was taking video and it was a beautiful scene. It just was. It just felt peaceful.
1: Right, right. And
0: I and I never will forget it. I heard a loud truck. I, I heard a loud horn. It was it it was a truck horn. And so I turned uh, around and I saw it. I never will forget it, again, It was a red eighteen wheeler mm-hmm. truck with a wow. with a uh, a, you know, that uh, gas, truck, right. gas mm-hmm. gasoline. And so in my mind, I was, I remember trying to, to convince myself that I wasn't seeing what I was actually seeing. Right. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That This looks like an 18-wheeler gas truck that's, a, that's driving 70 miles per hour that's about to run over a bunch of protesters and potentially blow us all up. No, that can't be what I'm saying. I remember thinking that. Wow. This can't be it. Trying wow. to convince myself that I wasn't seeing what I was actually seeing. And my son, he's like, Dad, we got to go. We got to go. Mm. And so it just people on my side of the bridge, which was uh, the truck was on the other side. We just, everybody just started running, running for the hills. And right. we just ran through the woods. And uh, it was a, it was a densely wooded area. And I never will forget it. You know, at any second, you're waiting to hear this truck explode. Right. And you just know that people are, are being ran over. And we came to a fence, and it was a tall fence. You know, my son and some of the younger people were able to kind of scale Leap right the fence. over it. Well, right. I'm guy, I can, you know, I can, you know, and so you got the younger kids trying to pull the fence down so the older people can get over. And my son's doing that. Wow. And, the, and, and so. You know, we were able, they were able to get the fence down. We were able to run. And again, hey, let's get to our car. Our car is only a few blocks away. Let's get the hell out of here. And uh, again, at any minute, waiting to hear that truck explode. And so uh, the the, the long and the short of it was, uh, thank God that the truck was not loaded with
1: gas. They say say that the man uh, ended up...
0: um, you know, taking an exit, the exit that he uh, took to get on the highway was not blocked
1: off. And, and that's he peculiar. had emptied uh, his, uh, his gasoline uh, at
0: a gas station. And so, and they said it, it was, you know, it was a mistake. And um, all I know is
1: I was traumatized. I've never ran, I've never ran for my life. Uh, I've never run for my life. My that, son
0: was traumatized that day. and
1: uh, That's amazing, man. Uh, yeah, it, it, and, it, it is amazing. You, you know, I, I i i can i can see how that would definitely traumatize you and others on the bridge. Uh, them saying that's a mistake, I don't know if I buy that uh, that he made a wrong turn. Why barrel through the crowd, blowing the horn instead of slowly driving through, blowing the horn, sticking your head out, say, "Hey, can I get through?" You know, uh, letting them know, "Hey, I'm not trying to run you over," but barreling down the road and everything else is blocked off with that section. It seems like somebody was possibly trying to send a message, but I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. You know, the way way I felt was, you know, this guy was either the unluckiest guy in the world
0: Mm -hmm. and you just happen to be in a gas truck on a bridge where there are thousands of protesters or maybe somebody was trying to send a message. And so, um, um, I don't know. I just thank God that that we made it home for that day and nobody was, was hurt or killed.
1: Well, I thank God for that, too, man. And I remember you called me about that, and I'm watching that on the news, seeing the red truck, the red gas truck on the bridge, uh, the terror in the newsman in the anchorman's voice, and and, and the happening live, you know, almost real time. It, and, and when you had made it to safety, you were safe enough to get away. You had called me and told me what just happened. I was like, man, I'm watching that now. You're on the bridge? You said, I was on that bridge. It blew me away, man. I was so thankful that you and your son were safe, and I still am. But uh, that's the type of society we're living in now. That's what I'm saying. That type of trauma, uh, children returning back to school, it, it's good to have counselors or something in place. So um, yeah, that's good well, you, you know, guys have that. If, if, You know, I work at a middle school. I'm the principal of a middle school. And, you know, you're talking about 12, 13, 14 year
0: olds who yeah. Yeah. don't know, who, who, who have been cooped up in their house for the last six months. And there's a lot of scary things that have happened. And think about us. You know, we are adults and many of us as adults, we have struggled. We are having a hard time processing or we or that uh, the things that we're feeling manifest itself in anger or, right. you know, in, in, in right. many other ways. And so, you know, we have young, we have kids who don't know how to cope and we have to really support them. That's because right. Because, again, as, as we get closer to this election and even after the election, no matter who wins, it's you wild. and i both know you know there, it's, gonna it's gonna be, gonna chaos be oh yeah who wins the election it's gonna be chaos and for a while yeah it, it, it
1: is yeah yeah and, and you know how that's handled it's determined by the president that that wins and i hope the right person wins i hope that god influenced the election not man on this one but everybody do need to get out and vote <laughs> but listen man i really appreciate you talking with me today and the audience and uh i'm i'm sure uh they've learned a lot listening and I definitely have been enlightened to how things are transpiring there in Minnesota and what it's like to have some of the kids coming back. I'd love to have you back to tell me how things are going with school as the kids are back, as they're performing, if it's actually working, what works, what doesn't. Would you be glad to come, Would you uh, be willing to come back and talk with us? Absolutely. Uh, and so I think a good time for us to talk would be, you know, in December. And so, again, good. I'm sure that
0: everything goes well. We're back in school in the next six weeks or so. Uh, By December, we will have a good gauge of how things have gone, you know, what things have gone well, what things uh, have not gone well, what things that we need to make adjustments to. And, uh, you know, and on top of that, you're going to have flu season. Yeah, that's right. You know, know, so, you know, um, we have plans.
1: Perfect time to catch up. (laughs) That's
0: right. It will be a great time to catch up and to talk about what's going on.
1: Well, thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. Thank you again for coming on. Uh, and all of you out there listening, um, we hope that this has been insightful or enlightening to you in some type of way in a positive manner. I want you all to take care of yourselves. And until next time, dream in faith.